Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is a delightful trip back to the forums of drugs-forum.com. Now, of course, you'll remember that Drugs Forum is a place where drug users, both recreational and serious, get together to share their experiences, trade tales, work in harm reduction, all that kind of jazz. And in fact, today's episode will begin with a harm reduction post about the particular drug that we'll be reading about. And that drug, in fact, is... DXM, also known as dextromethorphan. Now, dextromethorphan, you may be familiar with, is a cough suppressant. But maybe you didn't know that if you take a lot of it, stuff will happen to you. So that's what we're going to be reading about. And we're going to jump right in. But first, I just want to remind people that I do have magnets. So if you want a Lou Reed's magnet, now's the time. Please just let me know. Send an email to loureads at gmail.com and I will send you a magnet. There's probably 150 happy magnet havers around the globe as we speak. As I speak. I don't know if you're talking. Why are you talking? You should be listening. You could join them just by asking, hey Lou, magnet please? Yeah, so let me know if you need one. Now, on to the show. So we'll begin this episode of Reading from the Drugs Forum by jumping right into a forum post made by LOLOL Solid, who is a titanium member of, of Drugs Forum. In the subforum, Drugs Forum, subforum, Drug Forums, subforum, Disassociatives, subforum, DXM, subforum, Drug Info, in a thread entitled Basics of DXM, Brackets and Risks, from an experienced user. And it goes like this. Updated as of 2 slash 26 slash 15. Completely rewrote the entire article, you're welcome. Brackets 2.22.15. Winking emoticon. Made some corrections to drug interactions. Tried to condense the article so new DXM users don't feel discouraged by its length. Grammar updates. Fixing typos. Disclaimer. Before beginning this article, let me say first that I am not a licensed clinician, physician, psychiatrist, or any other medical professional. I am a chemistry major who, as of now, has not yet graduated. The following information is taken from my experiences with and long-standing addiction to DXM. I have since ceased my use of DXM and, save for the occasional relapse, stayed off it entirely. My history with drugs... Colon. I am a 24-year-old Caucasian male from the East Coast of the U.S. I began experimenting with drugs at age 18 and quickly found DXM to be a superb disassociative. I found a love for hallucinogens unlike anyone I've ever met. However, my fascination with DXM quickly became an addictive cycle and I had to drop out of school. To make a long story short, I've done every drug from marijuana to intravenous heroin to DMT to trying to inject vodka. I've since ceased the use of IV heroin as well, but I do still dabble in other substances. Due to issues with chronic jaw pain, however, my use of psychedelics has been suspended indefinitely. Brackets causes panic attacks. My history with DXM. I began using DXM when I was 19. My doses began at 354 milligrams and titrated upwards to my maximum single-time dose of 1,554 milligrams. This dose landed me in the hospital, where I had a blood pressure in the stroke range and a heart rate over 150. That is very abnormal for an otherwise healthy 19, brackets at the time, year old. For a period of about five years, I have struggled with my addiction to DXM. I have taken it as a painkiller, 
as a cough suppressant, as a hallucinogen, as a substitute for opiates, and anything else you can think of. I have taken this drug probably well over 500 times, with the average dose being about 900 milligrams. Do not dose this high. I have developed a severe tolerance and the quote-unquote magic of the drug has been lost for me. Quick overview of the article and of DXM. Of all the drugs I've tried, brackets, and I've tried a lot. DXM is the most mind-bending substance I have encountered. This includes LSD, DMT, heroin, cocaine, etc. There is nothing that has made me trip harder than DXM. That being said, DXM does not always produce a pleasant quote-unquote high or quote-unquote trip. This is not to be underestimated due to it being in cough syrup. This drug is extremely powerful. In short, the key things to remember with DXM are make sure whatever product you are using contains only DXM as the active ingredient. Do not use DXM on consecutive days or dose too close together. This has always caused panic attacks and psychotic breakdowns for me. You don't want to land yourself in the psych ward. Do not redose on DXM. This means you should take all of your dose at once rather than taking half then taking another half once you feel the effects of the first half coming on. Redosing is a sure way to land yourself in the terrible quote unquote plateau sigma. I'll detail this later on. You will see a lot of misleading and flat-out wrong information on the DXM forum. A lot of people here are not experienced with DXM and will exaggerate their dose sizes. Do not be misled into thinking that Plateau Sigma is the best plateau. This is a plateau characterized by psychosis, hearing voices, and mental breakdown. Generally, it is caused by redosing or taking DXM on consecutive days slash too close together. This article is intended for harm reduction and should function to inform you of the dangers of using products which contain active ingredients other than DXM. It should also help you find a proper dosage. While I do include some health effects, bear in mind that DXM has not been researched in terms of health effects at recreational doses. If you choose to use this drug, you do so at your own risk. Very important warning. Please do not use any DXM products containing active ingredients other than dextromethorphan, HBR. Brackets DXM HBR. These other active ingredients are the leading cause of health problems caused by DXM abuse. Brackets no source. Remember reading this somewhere. While DXM is quote-unquote safe to take in large quantities, there is not much research on the health effects of, of DXM. These other ingredients, acetaminophen, guaifenesin, phenylephrine, etc., can be very harmful and potentially fatal when taken in large quantities. The effect of these substances include black and tarry diarrhea, severe vomiting, complete liver failure resulting in a slow and incredibly painful death, and can ultimately cause fatality, hospitalization, or permanent organ damage. Finding a cough syrup or pill which contains only DXM as its active ingredient is not difficult. Most stores have Robitussin cough gels or the generic ripoff equivalent. These are your best bet. Avoid DXM polysterics, brackets, Delsum. And instead, try to find DXM HBR, as Polysterix is an extended release formula that I have found to produce a shitty high, nausea, and severe diarrhea. About DXM. 1. What is DXM? DXM is dextromethorphan hybrid brackets DXM HBR. It was first introduced into medical practice as a replacement for codeine and cough syrup. Codeine had been too widely abused and thus industry opted for a quote-unquote non-narcotic replacement, DXM. While DXM is technically non-narcotic, brackets non-opiate based, it is still an extremely powerful, it is still an extremely powerful psychoactive drug. DXM, DXM is generally in... <coughs> DXM generally is in over-the-counter medications that contain a large quantity of high-fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, dyes, and thickeners. 
These are not too good for your health if taken too often. What kind of drug is DXM? DXM is a disassociative, meaning that it will produce tactile hallucinations, brackets, hallucinations of your sense of touch. Other disassociative include ketamine, PCP, salvia divinorum, and nitrous oxide. It will also produce vivid closed-eye visuals, distortion of reality, and some open-eye visuals, brackets, though not nearly as crazy as the open-eye visuals on LSD. And it high doses complete ego death and out-of-body experiences. 3. What are the effects of DXM? Brackets, pleasant? DXM is most easily categorized as a disassociative hallucinogenic. Its primary effects are listed below. Tactile hallucinations, hallucinations of the sense of touch characterized by lack of spatial awareness, imaginary sensations of warmth or touch, sensations of stretching, and out-of-body experiences. can also produce the feeling of quote-unquote flying or quote-unquote swimming. If you cannot imagine hallucinating via sense of touch, imagine the sensation of taking a warm shower when you are actually just sitting on a sofa. Lack of coordination similar to that of alcohol. DXM will have you stumbling about. You may look like a robot when you try to walk. Thus the term quote-unquote robo-tripping. Hi, Lou here. I'm going to disagree with that and suggest that robo-tripping is more of a nod to people using robitussin to get high. I could be wrong. Euphoria. DXM can produce intense feelings of euphoria, love, and happiness. However, it can also induce panic attacks and unpleasant feelings. Visual hallucinations. DXM does produce visual hallucinations, but not in the same manner as LSD. DXM will not produce crazy strobe-like rainbow colors all over the place, but will moreover be a slow morphing hallucination. Generally, DXM produces very vivid closed eye visuals that are about as photorealistic as if you were looking at something with your eyes open. I've actually forgotten that my eyes were closed many times on DXM. Body high. Yes, DXM can produce a body high. This is right in line with the tactile hallucinations. Note that you will not always obtain a body high. DXM is different for every person. 4. What are the side effects of DXM? Brackets, unpleasant. Question mark. Anxiety, depression during come down, possibility of panic attacks during onset of drug, diarrhea, vomiting and nausea, itching, flushing of skin and face, erectile dysfunction and the inability to ejaculate, slurred speech, clumsiness, respiratory depression, insomnia, difficult urination, brackets, urinary retention, high blood pressure and elevated heart rate, drowsiness but inability to sleep, psychosis, potential for bromide poisoning, brackets, bromism from chronic use. High enough doses can cause an overdose, but examples of death are very rare. Possibly lucid dreams, night terrors, sleep paralysis, and cold sweats. 5. Is DXM worth trying? Is it a good high? Most people do not enjoy DXM. Most of my friends who have tried it with me say it scared the shit out of them and they found it unpleasant. However, there are some people who absolutely love DXM. Personally, I'm one of the people who loved it. DXM should not be used as a substitute for LSD. They are not alike. The experience of DXM is very bizarre, but it is different every time you take it. DXM is excellent at producing mystical experiences, out-of-body experiences, and bizarre disassociative body highs. If you start at low doses and titrate upwards, you will feel more comfortable with each dose you take. Do not start with a high dose in case you do not like the drug, or in case your body lacks the enzyme to process DXM. In which case, you will become extremely sick. Brackets, less than 10% of people lack the enzyme. DXM is worth trying, but I'd never urge anyone to try the drug that brought me to my knees. I've never experienced debilitating addiction as badly as I did with DXM with any drug other than heroin. And at least on heroin, I could formulate a sentence. If you are already on a path of drug abuse and are experimenting, DXM is certainly something you should add to that list.
Six, how long does this drug last? The intoxicating effects of DXM can last anywhere from 12 to 24 hours with a long, and I mean long, come down period of up to 72 hours or more depending on dose. The higher the dose, the longer it lasts. DXM come downs are pleasant to some and unpleasant to others. You will usually feel like shit once the come down is over as your brain chemistry returns to normal. Seven, I've decided to try DXM. What kind should I get? How do I take it? Your best bet is Robitussin. <clears throat> Please note my earlier statement. <laughs> Your best bet is Robitussin cough gels or their generic ripoff. Make sure that you buy a product containing only DXM as the active ingredient. I cannot emphasize this enough. If you do not buy a product containing only DXM, you will experience a whole multitude of severe consequences that are not listed in this article. You must make sure that DXM is the only active ingredient. Coracetin cough and cold is not a safe source of DXM for recreational purposes. You may choose to use a cough syrup instead of cough gels, but you'll probably experience more nausea and such. Again, check the active ingredients. 8. What else do I need to know in order to use this drug safely? Check to make sure that DXM is the only active ingredient in the product. Check the part of this article that discusses drug interactions and make sure that you do not take DXM with drugs-slash-medications that can cause a severe or dangerous interaction. Do not take DXM if you are on antidepressants. This may lead to serotonin syndrome. Also, do not mix this drug with strong downers. Do not drive all DXM. You will crash your car. Make sure you are in a safe environment and do not underestimate this drug. Be aware that marijuana greatly amplifies DXM and may increase trip anxiety. Getting started. Warnings. Drug interactions. 1. Drug interactions. This is very complex. DXM does interact with other drugs, and some can cause very adverse and dangerous interactions. Below, I've listed some common drugs and their status as to how they interact with DXM. Dangerous interactions are in red text. Not all drugs are included here. If you are on medications, Google it to make sure it's safe, or wait a month for me to respond to your post. Smiling emoticon. Marijuana. Safe to mix with DXM, but do be wary that marijuana greatly amplifies the effects of DXM. I've always found weed to make DXM experience more psychedelic. It's best to be smoked on the come down. Smoking on the come up just concentrates the effects of DXM too much and can be terrifying and slash or lead to panic attacks. LSD and other hallucinogens, safe to mix. Be careful though, as there is a synergistic brackets boosting relationship between DXM and other hallucinogens. You should be a seasoned tripper with both substances before mixing them together and use low doses of both drugs to start. Cocaine amphetamines. This is safe to mix, but I usually emphasize not doing this as it can cause extreme anxiety, restlessness, panic attacks, and psychosis. I even debated making this one red, but I don't think it's medically dangerous, just psychologically. Heroin, painkillers, opiates. Do not mix these with DXM. First of all, DXM releases a large amount of histamines when you take it, meaning you will feel drowsy and you're going to be itchy as hell. Opiates do the exact same thing, so it can be very dangerous. You are going to feel like your body is covered in fire ants, and this combination puts you at risk for respiratory depression and possibly death. Xanax, Clonopin, Benzodiazepines. Don't mix this with DXM if you can help it. Low doses are fine if you have benzo tolerance, but do not take recreational doses of these drugs while on DXM. Like opiates, the combination can lead to respiratory depression and death. Alcohol. Risk of respiratory depression and death. Also, DXM and alcohol causes severe nausea, 
vertigo, aka quote unquote the spins, and a generally unpleasant experience. Nicotine slash tobacco, safe to mix, can provide sensations of disassociation. Ecstasy slash MDMA. This is probably the worst drug you can mix with DXM. This creates a huge probability of developing serotonin syndrome, which I will cover later in the article. Do not mix these drugs ever. I know you've heard people warn you of things, but this is one combination you absolutely do not want to try. Trust me, I've been there. GBH, quote-unquote, roofies, can cause respiratory depression and death. Antidepressants, SSRI slash MAOI. I've taken DXM on antidepressants before, but there were a few times that I believed I developed serotonin syndrome. It's extremely unpleasant. I believe it even mentions on the packaging not to take DXM with SSRI slash MAOI antidepressants. Brackets, basically any antidepressant. Certain sleeping medications, brackets, Lunesta, Ambien, Z-drugs. These are pretty safe unless taken in recreational doses. Again, we run into the issue of respiratory depression and death. 2. Serotonin Syndrome Serotonin syndrome is caused when too much serotonin is released into the body. In regards to DXM, this is most likely to happen if you take DXM while on antidepressants or if you mix DXM with MDMA slash ecstasy. Serotonin syndrome is extremely unpleasant and can kill you. Seizures, vomiting, shock, heat, stroke, etc. are all possible symptoms of this syndrome. And there is a link to the Wikipedia entry for serotonin syndrome. 3. Concerning inactive ingredients, most DXM products contain high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, thickeners, dyes, and other things that can be harmful to your body in too high of doses. The most important thing is to make sure that you do not have any active ingredients besides DXM. That being said, I feel I'm obligated to tell you about the other ingredients. These ingredients can damage your kidneys in particular, and high fructose corn syrup can cause insulin resistance and ultimately diabetes. Of course, you probably won't have an issue with these things if you use in moderation. 4. Bromide Poisoning Bromism Lately, I've grown concerned that I may have developed this over the course of my brutal DXM addiction. This syndrome is caused by the bromide ion released when DXM is broken down by the body. Bromide is part of the salt that attaches to free-based DXM to help it make it more water-soluble. I don't want to bore you with chemistry, though, so let's move on. Basically, just don't take DXM too often or in too high doses and this won't be an issue. Bromide is toxic and causes an array of problems, pretty much anything you can imagine. To give you an idea of how far apart you need to space your trips, bromide has a half-life of roughly 9 to 12 days, so I'd say to wait at least a week between doses. Don't worry too much, though, since this side effect is really only going to happen if you take way Way too much for way too long. Dose. How do I tell how much DXM is in a product? How much do I take? 1. Figure out how much DXM is in your product. This is really only complicated if you are using cough syrup. For cough gels, just check out just check out how much DXM is in each pill and multiply by the number of pills you are taking. For cough syrup, check the back of the packaging. You will see quote-unquote active ingredients listed. The amount of each active ingredient listed is the amount in a certain amount of the syrup, usually 5 milliliters. Since there's usually about 118 milliliters of cough syrup or more, you need to multiply that total volume of the bottle of cough syrup by the ratio of milligrams DXM per milliliter of syrup. You'll see something like quote-unquote active ingredients per 5 milliliter if there's 15 milligrams of DXM per 5 milliliters of cough syrup, as there is with most Robitussin syrups. Then you just need to multiply the total volume of the bottle by 3 since there's 3 milligrams of DXM per 1 milliliter of syrup. If you are having trouble following me, and I know some of you are not math experts, use the following procedure. 1. Check active ingredients. 
Two, see how much syrup is in quote unquote one serving. Usually it's five milliliters or 10 milliliters. Three, see how much DXM quote brackets milligrams is in one serving. Divide the number of milligrams of DXM per serving by the number of milliliters brackets ML per serving size. This is a ratio of milligrams DXM to milliliters of syrup. Take the number of the last calculation and multiply it times the total volume of cough syrup in milliliters. Do not multiply times the fluid ounce quantity. On the front of the box, you will see the volume of syrup listed in milliliters next to where it says, quote unquote, X fluid ounces. Example, quote unquote, active ingredients per five milliliters, semicolon, five milligrams DXM HBR. Bottle size is 118 milliliters. Five milligrams DXM divided by five milliliters equals three. Three times 118 milliliters equals 354 milligrams DXM. HBR. Two, what is the best way to take DXM so I get the best experience and the most bang for my buck? The best way to take DXM is on a partially empty stomach. If you find you vomit easily, take it on a full stomach instead. This will slow the onset of DXM, but it will also help you with the nausea. For the rest of you, eat a small meal several hours before dosing. You do not want to have a full stomach as this significantly delays the onset of DXM. I've had it take four to six hours after I ate for the DXM to work. If you eat after you take DXM, that's okay, but I'd suggest waiting about half an hour. That way the pills slash syrup are already beginning to digest and won't be just sopped up by the food entering your stomach. Eating after you take the pills also spurs your stomach to produce stomach acid, which will speed the rate of onset. Avoid greasy foods. Three, dose. Okay, I get it. Don't take DXM with downers or MDMA slash SSRI. I know enough already. Tell me how much I'm supposed to take to get high. DXM dose. DXM dose is dependent on a couple of things. First of all, DXM affects everybody differently. Second, DXM will affect you differently each time you take it. No two experiences are the same. Two things will determine how much you should take. These two factors are weight and your metabolic speed. It is essentially impossible to determine your metabolic speed, and that is something you will learn to account for as you gain experience with the drug. If you have a fast metabolism and your body eliminates drug quickly, you will not get as much of an effect from the same dose as someone with a slow metabolism. Also, as your weight increases, you must take more of the drug to get the same effect. Do not take DXM on consecutive days. Do not redose when already on DXM and do not use too close together. I'd say wait at least a week before using DXM again. What I'd recommend a beginner DXM user to dose. First time trying DXM. You need to take 150 milligrams just to make sure you are not enzyme deficient. About 10% of the population is enzyme deficient and will become extremely sick if they take DXM. For obvious reasons, it's best to make sure your body can handle a low dose before you move on to something stronger. Do not skip this step. Okay, I'm not enzyme deficient. How much do I take to feel it? Try taking 300 to 350 milligrams. A bottle of cough gels is 300 milligrams. A bottle of syrup is usually 354 milligrams. I had a good time. What's the next step? Wait a week or more and then you can take it again. This time try 450 to 500. I like this drug and I want to try higher plateaus. Try 600 milligrams. This is a really high dose for a beginner. Please gradually increase your doses. I love DXM. I've tried it several times. I don't get sick and I want an out of body experience. If you've already taken 600 milligrams, try 750 or 800 milligrams. I wouldn't suggest jumping straight to 900, but 900 will most certainly produce an out of body experience for most newer users. Again, gradually increasing your dose. A bad DXM experience is not something you want to go through. Trust me. It's one of the worst things you'll ever experience. It's up there with heroin withdrawal in my books. 
I'm extremely experienced with this drug. What's the biggest dose that I can take? Anything past 1,000 milligrams is an extremely high dose. Even 900 milligrams is really high. Don't go over 1,200 milligrams. It's one of the biggest mistakes I ever made. Okay, DXM is in my stomach. What comes next? What should I expect? DXM is a very slow-acting drug. It can take several hours to affect you. If you ate recently, it will delay the onset of DXM significantly. I estimate about 50% of people who take this drug will experience nausea once it begins to digest. This usually happens around 30 to 90 minutes after taking it. You will feel sick and you may feel the urge to vomit. This is just onset sickness. Ignore the urge to vomit and power through it. After about another hour, the urge to vomit will be replaced by the effects of the drug. Usually the sickness is replaced by euphoria. About one and a half to two hours after dosing, brackets assuming you didn't eat recently, in which case it could take up to three to four hours, the effects of DXM will become noticeable. The first noticeable effect is a quote-unquote heaviness of your entire body and a sense that you are in a dream. The backs of your eyes will feel very relaxed, as if a gentle pressure is massaging them. This effect will continue to grow until your vision is spinning as if you are drunk and your body feels as if it is made of lead. Brackets, it feels very, very, very good to some people and nauseating to others. Assuming you have taken more than 300 milligrams, this effect will develop into a quote-unquote hallucinogenic feel. Certain objects will briefly seem to be quote-unquote something else before returning to their original state. About two and a half to three hours in, the peak of the same effects will begin. Your body will be exploding with pleasure, brackets, or discomfort if you don't like the DXM, and the disassociative effects will rear their head. Disassociation simply means quote-unquote tactile hallucinations or hallucinations of your sense of touch. You may come to feel as if someone is massaging your entire body body. Your arm and your head may feel morphed together. You may feel as if you are quote-unquote floating, and you may have an out-of-body experience if your dose is high enough. Oftentimes, your body may feel as if it is quote-unquote becoming part of your surroundings. You will gain tangible perception of objects which are not connected to your body. Brackets, as in, you'll be able to feel through inanimate objects. You will feel extremely happy, forgiving, and warm. My friend Jacob says he will not even try to describe effects past the 600 milligram range. Because they are so complex and mind-blowing, they cannot be put into words. It should be noted that DXM can cause extremely bizarre behavior. Brackets, I've been found naked in strange places. At one point, listening to my own heartbeat with a stethoscope, and should probably be taken with a trip sitter until you become familiar with its effects. DXM can last for 24 hours or more, so be careful when you take it. Tolerance. DXM, like many drugs, develops tolerance over time. DXM tolerance is acquired slowly and decreases slowly, brackets, unlike most drugs. After dosing the same amount about three times, a significant decrease in effects will be noticed. The dosage should be upped by 100 to 200 milligrams in order to achieve more powerful effects. Once you've increased your dosage, try not to increase it again. Instead, take a break and let your body recover. Tolerance will not begin to fade until a week after consumption. There is speculation as to a quote-unquote trip limit, in which after a certain number of doses, the drug ceases to produce mind-boggling trips, and instead just makes you feel retarded, brackets, for lack of a better word. I now believe in this trip limit, brackets, the number of trips to reach the limit is different for each person and probably depends on the size of the doses, and has since ceased his use of DXM, as he finds that it now just makes him sick, dizzy, and feels too bizarre. DXM tolerance is nearly permanent, and basically, once a tolerance of the drug is developed, the euphoric aspect of the drug dies off, and the user is left with racing thoughts, anxiety, disassociation, and little more. Do not build tolerance to DXM, or it will most likely stop working as intended. Come downs, afterglows, and hangovers. What is an afterglow? And what is a hangover? 
If you are a beginning recreational drug user, I am sure you have heard the term quote-unquote afterglow thrown around before, as well as quote-unquote hangover. An afterglow is just lingering effects of a drug, like the come down from an LSD trip where colors appear slightly more vibrant than usual. A hangover, on the other hand, is when your body quote-unquote crashes from a euphoric state and enters a dysphoric one instead, brackets depression, lethargy, nausea, etc. Hangovers usually occur once the drug is completely gone. Afterglows occur as it is leaving. What can I expect from DXM the day after use? In DXM's case, users report varied day after experiences. The positive effects of the drug will often linger after the powerful quote-unquote rush has ended. These effects can potentially last for up to two or three days, assuming the dose is large enough. Usually, however, they will fade within 24 hours. I have personally only occasionally felt negative effects the day after, Brackets, diarrhea is fairly common, however. But other DXM users report they have hangover-like symptoms. I have read many accounts of people experiencing mental slowness. Brackets, could be attributed to afterglow mild headaches, and lethargy lasting up to a few days after dosing. I often experience lethargy and mental slowness, but often experiences that while I am on the drug also. I do not suffer from headaches very often, but do be aware that you may not be the same. The afterglow of DXM can be quite powerful, especially if you smoke weed. Be careful how much you smoke. There appears to be some type of synergy between DXM and THC where smoking even one hit of weed can send you right back into a trip. Oftentimes, these trips will feel very different than they do when DXM is at its peak levels. Mostly, the afterglow consists of mild euphoria and a sense of well-being. Brackets, you'll feel lazy, too. It's kind of similar to an opiate high. Colors may be slightly amplified, you will feel clumsy and drunk, and you may have slurred speech for the beginning of it. If you're coming down from over 600 milligrams, disassociation will be very present. Expect to be out of it and act like an idiot. Enjoy the ride all the way to sobriety. After you reach baseline, expect to feel shitty for a day or two. You will feel depressed, and if you've been using DXM too much, this feeling will be intensified. You will probably have bizarre dreams. I've personally experienced lucid dreams, night terrors, sleep paralysis, and cold sweats when I came off long DXM benders. Dependence, addiction, and withdrawal. I have experienced very adverse effects when ceasing high-dose repeated use. From my understanding, the few other chronic abusers I have spoken with seem to experience a similar problem. Quote-unquote, fever dreams? If you do not over-abuse the drug, this will not be a problem. Fever dreams can be terrifyingly real dreams in which the person having them will, will either feel as though they are experiencing a powerful dysphoric trip or they will have a dream so real it is unpleasant. I oftentimes realized I was dreaming when I had these dreams of tripping, but because my REM sleep paralysis, I could not move or awaken myself until I became so terrified that my heart rate raises enough to wake me up. Brackets, this is my theory. I am not a medical professional. Upon waking, I often found myself to be shivering, though I was under tons of blankets and soaked in a cold sweat. Do not take DXM more than twice a month or you will experience shitty side effects. Severe acute depression is another symptom for users who quit their long-term usage of this drug. Panic attacks will also occur. Note, this is not proven. Very little research has been done in regard to the health effects of DXM. Until then, this section will remain in the article as a testament as to why heavy abuse of DXM is an unsafe idea. End of article. I advise anyone with information regarding DXM or its health effects to contact me so I can incorporate such information into the article. All information will be fact-checked. Currently, I am working on finding DXM health effects surveys and information that I collected back in 2011. Until then, Godspeed, my friends. Feel free to post responses or questions here. I will answer them as soon as I can. L-O-L-O-L solid.
and splat rights. And please remember that this forum, many people use terminology so that they will not self-incriminate themselves. So they use terms like swim, which means someone who isn't me, or swi, someone who isn't you, and things like that. So I say this so that the next post will make some amount of sense. And splat ads. Swim has used DXM a good amount over the past four years, nearly as much as you. Swim agrees that the vast majority of what you say, but there is one part that Swim has to disagree with. You state that, quote-unquote, DXM does not leave a hangover, just an afterglow. In Swim's experience, the day after a DXM trip often includes physical and mental symptoms that are generally considered negative and therefore more similar to a hangover than an afterglow. In particular, Swim and others have experienced mental, quote-unquote, slowness, marked by reduced recall, memory, and concentration. Also, there has been physical fatigue and mild headache. These hangover-like symptoms are not always present and are usually mild, but they are more common than not. You may not experience these symptoms, but Swim knows many people who do and believe it is misleading to state with such certainty that, quote-unquote, DXM does not cause a hangover. And French machine ads. This post contains irresponsible dosage advice and should be removed. Just because you need that much to drip doesn't mean every single person who takes it will need that much. It's because of crap like this I almost went overboard my first time using DXM and I'm so glad I decided against all the horrible advice there is all over the net regarding, the, regarding dosage amounts. I only took 354 milligrams and I thought for sure I was going to die and that my heart was going to explode. Also, this post makes no mention of CYP2D6 deficiency. And LOLOL Solid replies, added information about enzyme-deficient people and lowered the recommended starting dose. Jacob gave his friends 300 milligrams for their first time and everything went decently well except for some bad onset sickness. But yeah, if you're a newbie, 200 milligrams would probably be much better. I've updated Jacob's article to reflect this. Try asking nicely next time instead of asking that the article be deleted. This is a work in progress, my friend. Smiling emoticon. If you have anything else you'd like to add, please repost. Thanks. P.S. How much do you weigh? Do you have slow metabolism? Both of these factors could be considered when selecting a dose, as described in the above FAQ. And French Machine replies. Sorry if that came across as harsh, but Swim just gets extremely annoyed by all the horrible dosage advice people give out regarding this certain substance. Dex does certainly not affect everyone the same. 400 milligrams might be nothing for one person, but end up being way too much for the person standing next to him. Swim thought he was going to need 600 to 700 milligrams to trip his first time and almost ended up taking too much. Swim doesn't even want to know what would have happened if he would have actually taken that much. He might not even be here to type this message. Swim realized it's foolish to listen to what other people say to take, so he decided to drink one four-ounce bottle, brackets 354 milligrams, and ended up having a very intense, almost scary, third plat experience. Based on all the bullshit he read, he thought he was just going to get a drunken slash stone feeling with euphoria. He didn't realize he was going to spiritually die and be reborn from drinking one bottle of cough syrup. Please keep in mind he is very experienced with other substances and his first time with Dex was almost too much to handle. He has been using other psychs slash entheogens for 16 years. Thanks for at least updating that. And Cochif Wolf adds, Wow, thanks for posting this. Very informative and obviously well-researched. This friend I never met had a few experiences so far and is still researching. The only thing he may differ with you a bit is the timeline. This could be individual differences, though. He's found anyway that the initial effects seem to come on at the 30-minute point, then again at the one-hour point in a step-like function, then the two-and-a-half to three-hour point, the peak as your friend observed. He also noticed that these time points were so consistent he could time doses to have event constructively 
interfere with each other. So a dose at time zero, one at time 30, etc., would cause the first step to amplify, then the one hour step, etc. He's still researching the time doses. Another thing I think you touched on is when a stranger is doing this stuff, he really looks the part. I mean, a person really looks fucked up. There is something to consider if someone has a job, for example, that might frown on such things. This person lives in a building where there's a shared bathroom. He has to look in the mirror to make sure things are in place because he really looks scary, LOL. The afterglow slash hangover thing might be a subjective thing. It does linger well into the next day, though. If there's any downside to this stuff, I would say it would be the large window of time needed for the experience. This friend says he can only do it on days where he doesn't have to work the following day, fro example. Thanks again for the excellent contribution. I know a person who is using your post as a reference until he or she, who can tell, gets more familiar. And we'll move from that thread to a new thread started by Beginner in the Drugs Forum, Subforum Disassociative, Subforum DXM, Subforum Come Down, in a thread entitled DXM Afterglow, brackets others' experiences, how to keep the afterglow going. And it goes like this. The crickets who have claimed squatters' rights in my attic are currently experiencing a very positive quote-unquote afterglow following a recent 900 milligram dextromethorphan picnic. The two previous experiences they had with DXM left them with nothing more than a hangover afterwards. Very sad to report. This light, bouncy feeling, however, is a pleasant change of pace. It made them wonder what positive quote-unquote afterglow experiences have other robo-brethren had. Is there any advice more experienced users could bestow on a newbie as to how to best obtain and hold on to the afterglow feeling? And Toadman replies, Yo, I am one of those who appreciates the lingering afterglow of DXM, especially into the next day. Having some weed to smoke throughout the day really keeps the positive vibes going, as in it prolongs and intensifies the effects of the afterglow for me. Relaxing, listening to music, and even attempting meditation can enhance the afterglow. I also notice that after a good trip with a decent afterglow, I am very enthusiastic about socializing, making love, dancing, and creating art in any way, basically. I believe this is because I am reintegrating with the quote-unquote sacred energy I felt into my sober animal self. When I K-hole or third-slash-fourth plateau, I am brought to a state of mind that makes what I consider quote-unquote divine information accessible, but at the cost of your ability to absorb it into your conscious mind. It's like forgetting everything that maintains your quote-unquote humanness, like your flesh, habits, and usual pattern recognition, and filling it with the energy that this dimension is built upon. This energy can only be recognized to a certain extent when I'm sober, but when I'm disassociated, it is completely comprehensible. That's my two cents, plus a rant. Ha ha ha! But yeah, smoking weed and just jamming is a lot of fun. Going for walks in pretty places, etc. Peace and love, Toad Man. And Powerful Medicine writes, My can of sardines has always experienced an afterglow from DXM, especially from fourth plateau doses. They usually last three days or so. During the afterglow, they feel like they can do anything. They literally ran a mile in five minutes. <coughs> they literally ran a mile in five minutes, sixteen seconds, the day after their last trip. I shit you not. This is their best time ever. They definitely get a light, bouncy feeling. They also get this strange feeling that they might explode in any moment. The most interesting part is that they feel a major decrease in anxiety. Everything just seems easier. There are also times in my sardines experience what they call an after trip. For instance, after the first time they went into the fourth plateau, they were clearly still tripping after the end of the DXM trip. 
but in a totally different way. Their thoughts became ridiculously deep and abstract, but still logical. They were seeing mild visuals different from the usual DXM type of visuals. Music sounded even better than during the actual trip. Another time, they got pretty strong flashbacks after the trip, and everything in the world seemed extremely foreign and absurd. One flashback was a scene where the sardines had x-ray vision, and they could see everyone's skeleton. After the flashback, all they could imagine was skeletons walking around. They also became depersonalized, and it felt like the sardines were only watching all the mundane actions of their life and didn't need to exert any energy to do them. The longest afterglow that they experienced was this time they took a CWE, which stands for cold water extraction, of 500 morning glories, a little after, which is a technique to draw drugs out of other substance. They took a CWE of 500 morning glories a little before the trip and also tried to reach Plateau Sigma. The trip was crazy, but the afterglow was ridiculous. It was almost too much to handle. It was really strong for over a week, and it has slowly subsided. But the sardines feel like they are sort of permanently on a really light trip, and the afterglow from that trip is never completely gone away. It was like the other strong afterglows that they had experienced, but stronger and much longer. This might not be a good thing for most people to try, though. Morning glories make most people nauseous, and DXM is nauseating on its own, so you might just end up puking everything up. Then, the mixture of LSA and DXM can be pretty strong by itself, but trying to reach Plateau Sigma on top of that is more than most people will be able to handle and could cause a psychotic break for some people. The trip will likely last for at least 24 hours, but probably more, and with the afterglow, you really start to freak out. So I would recommend this mix to people who are really experienced, and even then, it could go really bad. And AC Controller writes, I overheard my plants talking about their DXM trips the other day. The tulip was saying he had an awesome trip that lasted six to eight hours and then became very swell afterglow. The tulip said that one day it slept all day and afternoon and woke up at 8 p.m. He took a second plateau dose in the form of small pills. Brackets, dry ones, not gel. The tulips took them as fast as they could in about five minutes. Before dosing up, the tulips ate some chopped vegetables with crackers and butter. It turns out the tulips started tripping about 30 minutes after dose, which sounds weird because one would think the DXM takes at least an hour. Anyway, the tulip had an awesome trip and it didn't even vomit, something that always happened for its last five or something trips. The tulip tripped from 10 p.m. to about 6 a.m., but then it started turning into the afterglow so slowly that the tulip didn't really notice. For the rest of the day, the tulip felt very energized, positive, and sociable. I gather from the tulip's story that maybe it helps the afterglow and the trip in general if you're very rested when you start tripping. And we'll go from that thread to a new thread in the Drugs Forum, Subform Disassociative, Subform DXM, Subform Experiences, in a thread started by that random guy, entitled, I may have hit the fifth plateau. I thought I died. And it goes like this. So last night I took 600 mg of DXM from gel caps on a close to empty stomach. I've never had gel caps before and was pleasantly surprised to see how easy it was to take all two containers worth of the pills. After I took them all, I went down to my living room to watch a movie. Surprisingly, I found that the effects hit me much quicker than it ever has with DXM. After becoming quite uncomfortable with being this way in front of my family, brackets, yes, I live with my parents still, I went to my room. On my way up, I headed to the bathroom. I could feel that I was already going to throw up, which was weird because last time I tripped on this stuff, it wasn't until well into the trip that I threw up. Anyway, I threw up twice. 
It sucked, but then I thought to myself that tea was over and a good time is waiting. I went to my bed and listened to some Pink Floyd. I don't know how long I laid there, but it was wonderful. I was having audio hallucinations left and right. I couldn't make out what I was hearing, even if it was someone talking directly to me. I felt a pleasant, quote-unquote, sleep for a while, but I woke up with the feeling that I was going to vomit again. After five minutes of horrible, painful vomiting, I felt better and went back to laying there. I had a hallucination. If it was a dream, it was the most realistic dream I have ever witnessed. I was falling through my bed and under my house, sinking through the earth. I realized that I may have overdosed and was dying there. I was so scared that when I woke up, I yelled for someone. Brackets, bad move. My mom came into the room and I had to make up some excuse while struggling to stay awake. She obviously bought it. So I continued the agonizing trip. The rest of the night, I felt a loss of control over my trip. It was indeed a bad trip. The only time I felt control was after I woke up from the hellish hallucination and finished vomiting, only to fall back into the nightmare. That was my trip. After this experience, I have decided to never do DXM again. I also highly recommend that you never try it either because it can be the worst thing that ever happens to you. Stick to real drugs that are meant to be used recreationally. DXM isn't even a last resort to me anymore. It just isn't worth it. And Anon 9871 writes, DXM is a very real drug that can be pretty recreational. Of course, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and you still have to find the best dosage level for yourself. Sorry you didn't enjoy it, though. And that random guy replies, Damn right. It was real cool the first few times. Then I started fucking it up by jumping to higher doses too quick. I would have loved it, but it only takes that one bad trip to haunt you. Yeah, I think I'm done with DXM for now, but it certainly has an interesting but it certainly is an interesting and capable drug. I just wish it didn't cause nausea. I'm pretty interested in RCs, which stands for research chemicals. So I may end up giving some a try soon. I've heard the TC benzos are pretty legit. And Potter replies, I really hate the quote-unquote plateau system. Makes people think there is some sort of quote-unquote goal and really encourages overdosing. I really think MXE, which stands for methoxetamine, is an amazing substitute, probably the best of the disassociative anesthetic series. Well worth looking into if you like DXM. RC benzos are still benzos, hardly the most recreational of drugs. Also, they are highly addictive and the withdrawals can be lethal. If you're not going to use them for short-term anxiety relief in conjunction with other therapies, stay away from them. And Mr. Finkelwort writes, Honestly, you sound like you're not even 18 yet, dude. You took 600 MG, had a third plateau trip that knocked you on your ass, and now you're here posting this hellish trip report? You need to learn a thing or two. And Junkie Monkey writes, Haha, man, I haven't done DXM since my teenage years. This brought up some memories. DXM can be quite the pleasant drug if you dose correctly. I found that taking too much brings on way too much of a trip, but one can have some serious revelations in this state, man. Be careful with DXM. Don't underestimate its power. Just because you can buy it at the store doesn't mean it's not a potent drug. And A. Todd writes, Not the only one. I took around 530 to 560 my first time. Thought I died. Had to hug my sister to make sure I was al <laughs> Had to hug my sister to make sure I was alive. Got up multiple times to check that my body was still there. Almost took my own life because seconds turned into hours. I couldn't take it anymore. Seriously, almost ended it. This was the drug that made me stop all drugs for a month. It can be fun. Just be careful, dude. And Migster and Migster Boy four five five writes. The most I've done is 1050 milligrams. IDK. I felt like my body was burning, literally. I thought I was going to die that time. I tried to stick between 
750 and 850 now. That's like the perfect level for me. I think you have Megan. I think you may have taken them too fast. I try to take the first dose. I try to take the first dose, let the nausea subside, then pop the next dose. IDK. And yes, if you did actually hit the fifth plateau, you would most likely have ended up in the hospital. Maybe you ate too much before. Maybe you weren't hydrated. I don't know. Everybody reacts different to everything, though. Everybody is different. And OTC Junkie writes, Unless the OP weighs 80 to 90 pounds, this was, as a previous poster said, likely just an inexperienced and undereducated person getting in over their head with a third plateau with a third plateau trip. I agree with Potter that the plateau system isn't 100% descriptive and is more of a loose approximation whose boundaries have a gradient overlap. When I was first using regularly, I had the line between second and third dialed in because it was my favorite experience, but it was largely trial and error and never surefire. A person's body weight experience and strange states of mind, intention setting, day of activities slash diet, self-awareness, etc., etc., all play pretty significant roles in drugs that create this degree of altered states of consciousness. I always view people that take more than they should of a drug they don't understand enough about as being like a little kid kicking an anthill and getting swarmed by angry, stinging ants because, quote-unquote, ants are so small and I'm so big and tough. The immature tendency is to hold a grudge against ants, as if the little kid had nothing to do with the unpleasant experience of having gotten the shit stung out of them. A person should leave playing with ants to the myrmecologists if they are not willing to put the time and energy in enough to understanding ants before interacting with them. There's always a plethora of shitty TV shows at home to watch instead, since mindless, non-thought-provoking entertainment and a comfortably narrow perspective are the quote-unquote real drugs in our society. And we'll move from that thread to a new thread in the Drugs Forum, Subforum, Disassociative, Subforum, DXM, Subforum, Overdose. In a thread started by El Mateo entitled, Third Plateau. I think I'm going to die. And it goes like this. Peaking ATM, I am having a very bad trip. Took 600 mg DXM syrup robitussin dry cough forte. I weigh 63 kilograms, took at 8 p.m., now nearly 12 p.m. It's very intense, and I feel like I have seen how much life is going to work. Sense extreme negative feelings from friends. Feel self-hatred should I drink water. My mouth is so dry I taste vomit, but I have not been sick. Please help. I am having a bad trip. And Fungus Head writes... Hey, look now, you'll be all right. I'm similar to you in size and have taken that dose a shitload of times. DXM can be a pretty weird drug at doses like this. It can twist your mind in ways you never knew were possible. But you always come out okay on the other end. It's just the drug fucking with your thoughts. You aren't going to die. Trust me. Where are you right now? Can you get away from your friends somewhere you can be alone, quiet and safe? Lie down, listen to some chill music if you can, and just try to relax? Drink some water if you want some, and if you think you need to puke, just go and puke, man. Believe me, I hate puking as much as anyone, but just getting it out can be a huge relief on your body and mind. It's only been a few hours, but the effects will start to die down soon. It doesn't last forever. You'll start coming back to reality before you know it, and the world will start to make more sense again. And El Mateo replies, I've learned so much, but I'm still shaking and dry. I'm so confused. Why is time so slow? And Fungus Head replies, Haha, yeah, I hear you. Not laughing at you. I'm laughing because I understand. DXM is probably the most confusing drugs I've ever used in my life. Don't worry. That's perfectly normal. The drug just makes time seem to go slow, man. It's part of the experience. The pieces will start to fit back together soon. Hey, check out these pictures, man. I took them a few years ago when I was on vacation. I think they're kind of cool and soothing myself. Maybe you'll think so, too. And there's a picture of a lovely lake cove with cave and a foggy beach with giant mountain boulders or something. 
And El Mateo replies, Nice pictures, dude. I feel no pain at all to think I just broke my toe, lol. Bit calmer now, but music sobs like farts, and I keep farting, haha. <laughs> and Fungushead replies, Yeah, just try to lay down and not move around for a while. DXM really messes with your coordination, and it does numb your body, so if you're not careful, you could hurt yourself pretty bad. Oddly enough, I get what you're saying about the music sounding like farts. Like it sounds sort of glitchy, like someone chopped it up and put it back together all wrong. If you can get your thoughts together enough to be at least half aware what the song should sound like normally, it's actually kind of funny and cool to realize how much a drug can mess with your sensory perception. I honestly get a kick of how different music sounds on higher doses of DXM myself. It'll stop doing that so much when you come down a little, though, if it's weirding you out. And El Mateo replies, Dude, it's been a very long night, but I've gained an understanding of life. Made big plans, too. Just feel sick, dry, numb, sick, gassy, and totally put off it still. And Fungushead replies, Well, you got something positive out of the experience then, right? If you can, just try to get some sleep now. Maybe find something funny or non-morbid, brackets like a nature show or something, on TV to watch that you can fall asleep to. That's what I usually do myself towards the end of a DXM trip. It helps redirect your mind away from some of the unpleasant shit you're feeling. When you wake up later, you'll feel much better. Probably a little higher altered still due to the DXM afterglow effect, but your thinking will at least be mostly straight again. And El Mateo writes, I'm still too high to sleep. And Fungushead asks, You at least feeling a little better now, though? And El Mateo replies, Not really. I feel more disconnected. I'm lost in life now. And... The Wizzy asks, You okay now, bruh? And an hour later, El Mateo replies, I'm back! I am back. That was one long night time to enjoy the afterglow. Thanks for all the help, guys. I think what made it worse was that my friend said I took enough for a fourth plateau dose, so I started questioning my math and a lot of other things. I took 600 mg in the form of syrup, so I was feeling pretty sick the whole trip. Even though it was pretty terrifying and lasted for what felt like ages, I learned a lot about myself and what I need to do. I don't think I'll do DXM anytime soon or even ever again, but there's no way I'm going to drink so much syrup again. Half a bottle I can handle, but 200 MLS, OMG. I'm still feeling pretty high in a good way, like I'm in a protective dream-like bubble where people can't hurt me. However, I gotta go to work in half an hour. LOL. Good thing my job is just being a robot. The difference between high second and mid third is pretty massive though. So if you think you're ready, think again, because your negative thoughts will overpower realistic ones. <laughs> Okay, well, I hope that if you are actually under the influence of DXM at the moment, that this podcast, if you could even understand it, was entertaining to you. And even if you're not on DXM, I hope it was entertaining to you. Um, this is another one of those drugs that I remember in my 20s when I discovered that you could do this from, I think I read it on, I mean, back then, whatever internet there was, AOL, some AOL chat room or something, that people were doing that, and then my girlfriend now wife told me that her ex-boyfriend used to do it all the time he was also an ecstasy dealer and general terrible person yeah, i remember being intrigued by it but never going so far as to actually trying it and i've had co-workers who told me that they've done it in the past and that it was a very weird experience but i have to say that uh the prospect of the tari diarrhea is really what intrigues me <laughs> that and the serotonin syndrome and all the ways that it can interact poorly it just sounds great but uh how many of you have done DXM? I wouldn't be surprised if several of you <laughs> said you had. It is apparently a semi-popular thing for young people to do if they don't have access to regular drugs, which is why regular drugs should be legal. 
So kids don't have to drink cough syrup all the time. But uh, yeah, a coworker of mine currently said he used to work at a pharmacy and constantly had to turn away teenagers who were like, I would like four boxes of dexamethorphan generic pills. Stuff like that. Which is why self-checkout is so great now, because kids don't have to worry about that stuff. Unless, of course, it's behind the counter. Then you just have to have your girlfriend fake a seizure so you can go behind the counter while everyone's helping her and steal all the Dilaudid. Let me know if you know what that reference is about. <laughs> That's about it. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'll try to get the next one out sooner. This one took forever to get out just because, like, work and just general interferences and, and also bad prioritizing of my things in my life. So... Uh, I will endeavor to do so. I have things lined up, so more reading. And that's about it for news out of me. I think I was in Tallahassee for a week at the beginning of May, and uh, it was an interesting city. It's empty because everyone had graduated already and left, so don't know what it's like with all the students there, but uh, seems nice enough. Anyway, this one is pretty long, and I hope that you made it past the introductory piece, which was also mildly boring, but what are you going to do? It's an FAQ. It's a mega post. I hope you made it to this part, because... Now you get to hear me say thanks for listening. And of course, as always, thanks for writing reviews and so on and liking the Facebook page. I really appreciate it. I love seeing those the number climb ever so slowly higher and higher. I'm only 800 people away from 2,000 likes on Facebook. That's something. <laughs> but yeah, thanks again for the iTunes reviews. It's always great to see that stuff on there. I think that's going to end it for this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for You. Uh, I'm going to go have some Tari diarrhea after I choke down this bottle of DXM. My name's Lou. This has been Lou Reads the Internet for You, DXM edition. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>